Two Sundays left in our series on the one and others, looking at some of those principles for relationships in Scripture. Uh, today we'll talk about one of those, and next week the last one. And I really encourage you to be here next week as we finish the series. Um, it's the last Sunday of the month, so that means it's name tag Sunday. So when you come next Sunday, make sure you get your name tag. Uh, but there's going to be something unique that we're going to do um, as part of that last message in this series, and you'll want to be a part of that. It goes along with Name Tag Sunday. So uh, that's all I'm going to say. You'll have to come uh, next Sunday to experience something really good that I think God is going to do among us. Uh, for now, though, second to the last study on the one another's. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for our time together. Thank you for these old hymns that remind us of such rich things about you and about our commitment to you, remind us of the importance of Jesus in our lives. Uh, Father, I pray that you would uh, speak to us today as we think again about um, how we should live, how we should relate to one another because Jesus is in our lives. And so, Father, guide uh, do a work, uh, do a powerful work, whatever you please today. In Christ's name, amen. This week, uh, many of you probably know that uh, Britain's Prime Minister resigned after only 44 days on the job. Uh, big deal in world politics. Uh, the day after that, I was listening to an interview on the radio between a reporter and then a journalist in Britain about what had happened. And this was interesting to me. The reporter logically asked the journalist from Britain, uh, what's going to happen next? Um, who's going to take her place? And the journalist from Britain went on to say, well, there are already five or six um, people who are interested in being prime minister. And he said one of them is Boris Johnson, who 50 days ago was the prime minister. And he stepped down because he had been caught in a bunch of lies. But now he's interested in um, running for prime minister again about 50 days after he was uh, stepping down. And so when the British journalist mentioned Boris Johnson's name as one who was going to seek that position again, the reporter said, but he was just voted out. He was caught in lies. He's a liar. And the journalist, here's the interesting part, the British journalist chuckled and he said yes but all politicians are liars aren't they we expect it and he chuckled again now he was wrong there I don't think all politicians are liars but that's kind of the reputation and Boris Johnson was caught in lies so I guess you could say he was a liar but what bothered me and what was sad in that interview was the chuckling that went on. 
in talking about somebody being a liar and saying, we just, we just expect it. And it's being humorous. And it's just a, a telling of what has happened in our culture, but apparently across the ocean too. And that is that for some reason, integrity doesn't matter anymore, it seems. It, it seems like the lack of integrity is almost something that's expected, but even something you can chuckle about because it's so common. What's integrity? Well, integrity, uh, one of the first words you'll notice in the dictionary when you look it up is honesty. That integrity is honesty. Literally, the word means wholeness, altogether, consistency. And the idea is that integrity is kind of the opposite of segregated. Segregated means separated. Integrity means together, integration. And the idea of integrity is that when a person has integrity, their whole life is consistent. There's a wholeness to their life. What they are on the outside is what they are on the inside. There's a consistency, a wholeness to their life. It's integrity. What they are in public is what they are in private. Their life is consistent. You can count on it. They're trustworthy. They keep promises. Their word is good. They are honest. That's integrity. And there's a quote on your sheet from a guy named Harvey McKay. He says, if you have integrity, nothing else matters. If you don't have integrity, nothing else matters. That fellow believes integrity matters. I'd like you to turn with me and see what the Bible says about integrity. The book of Proverbs, chapter 10. We will get to our one another, and you can almost imagine what it's going to be. But Proverbs 10, verse 9. Solomon says, whoever walks in integrity or honesty, walks securely. But whoever takes crooked paths, dishonesty, no integrity, will be found out. That sounds like integrity matters, doesn't it? Chapter 11 of Proverbs, verse 3. Again, Solomon says, the integrity of the upright guides them. But the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. Duplicity means double. Um, duplicity is dishonesty. It's, it's the idea, again, of one thing on the outside, something else inside, one thing publicly, one thing privately. Duplicity. Your life isn't consistent. It isn't whole. It isn't um, a united life. You're kind of a double agent, (laughs) you know, duplicity. And twice Solomon tells us that integrity matters. It's very important to have integrity. 
And we're going to talk this morning about just that most basic part of integrity, which is honesty. Because honesty comes out in one of the one another teachings. And so let's look at where that happens. Uh, the book of Colossians. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 3. Let's start in verse uh, 9. Colossians 3, 9. Do not lie to each other. There's the one another for this morning. Do not lie to one another. That's not deep and heavy, is it? Can you understand that? We know what that means, don't we? Do not lie to one another. It's one of the one another teachings hanging in our closet as Christians that we need to wear as we go out day after day. Honesty. Do not lie to one another. Paul says it another way to the Ephesians, but it's the same teaching. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 25, Ephesians 4.25. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. Speak truthfully to one another. So that's the one another principle we're going to talk about for a little bit today. Do not lie to one another. Speak truthfully to one another. Let's go back to uh, Colossians. I'm going to look at these two passages a little more carefully to see what they say about this one another teaching. Um, Obviously, because it's one of the one another's, we know that it's to be part of the Christian's life, as all the other one another's are. It's to be how we live. It's to be how we relate to each other. Honesty. Integrity. Speaking truthfulness. And what I want to do is I just want to talk about the lying part today. And I want to talk about it in two ways. First of all, obviously, we'll talk a little bit about telling lies. Okay? Being dishonest, uh, lying instead of obeying the instruction, do not lie. And then I'm going to talk briefly about another part of honesty, which is um, the idea idea of living truth instead of living lies. Because there are Christians, there are people, who tell lies, but then there are people who live lies. And I want to talk about both of those. So the telling lies, the telling lies part. Colossians 3. Let's see what Paul says besides that one another. He says, do not lie to each other, verse 9, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge and the image of its creator. 
So Paul goes on to tell us why this is so important, why we should not lie to one another. He says, it's because lying is part of the old person. Lying is part of the old self before Christ in your life. That's how you used to live. That's who you were. It's the old self. And he says, you need to put off the old self, which here would be the lying. And put on the new self because you're a new person, right? Paul told the Corinthians, anyone who is in Christ is a new creation, a new self. And so Paul is saying, don't lie to one another. That's part of the old you. You need to put on the new you. The new you is more like God. The old you is not like God at all. So stop lying to each other. That's the old way. Start speaking truth. That's the new way. Ephesians that we looked at, he goes into a little more detail here. Ephesians 4 again. And uh, let's see, I'm going to start before we get to our verse that we read. Uh, Let's start in verse 22. Ephesians 4.22. He says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God, in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfulness to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. So Paul goes a little further into this. He, he, he repeats this idea of the old self, the new self. He says the old self is your former way of life, It's corrupt, so lying, dishonesty, part of the old self, is corrupt. And he says, put on the new self, which would be speaking truth. And he says, the new self is like God. It's in his image. It's holy. It's different, like he is. And besides, he says, you belong to each other. Each of you is part of the same body. You're a, to use Nathan's word, family. You belong to each other. Why would you lie to each other? Why would you be dishonest with each other? Why would you deceive each other? That's part of the old way. And so he says, put that off. Start speaking truth to each other. Because you belong to each other. You're in the same family, the same body. You don't lie to each other. That's not how you relate. <clears throat> so that's Paul's thinking on it. I want to give you uh, four things that are true about telling lies. <clears throat> you know these things. I'm just going to um, remind you of them. 
so I can remind myself four things that are true about telling lies. Number one, it is habit forming, right? It's habit forming. The more you tell lies, the more you're dishonest with other people, the more you will tell lies. If you don't address it, you will keep telling lies. It's habit forming. For some people, it can become the default. It becomes just a part of their life, part of their character, part of their reputation. And unfortunately, even Christians sometimes develop that reputation. We have to watch out. Telling lies is habit forming. Second, telling lies is actually hard work. It becomes hard work. <clears throat> you know, at first we, you know, we tell a lie and um, it seems pretty easy and no big deal. And then we tell an, another lie and and pretty soon we're telling so many lies that it becomes hard work to keep track of who we've lied to. And what did I say? And then we enter this, this time where we're always trying to figure out how to cover our tracks. Because we're lying so much to people, we can't remember who I said what to. And it becomes hard work, right? It becomes hard work. This lying. And then, number three, it becomes a real heavy weight that we end up carrying. Because no longer are we just telling a lie now and then, but now it's becoming more a part of us. And we don't like it. We actually know that we shouldn't be lying. We shouldn't be dishonest. And yet we keep doing it, and pretty soon it becomes such a heavy piece of baggage for us that we're carrying around because it's such hard work to keep covering our tracks. It's like any sin you get caught up in, right? It becomes a heavy weight that you carry. And telling lies is no different. And here's, here's something we all know and we have to remember. The fourth thing Telling lies is a hopeless practice. It's a hopeless practice. You know why? Because as much effort as you put forth to tell your lies and to keep your lies going, as much effort as you put forth to work hard to cover your tracks and keep track of your lies, you will be found out. Guaranteed, no ifs, ands, or buts, you will be found out. And so trying to hide your lying, trying to cover your tracks long term, is a hopeless practice. The Bible says you will be found out. And we all know that happens, right? Many of us have been found out in our lies. 
many of us who thought we were covering up pretty well were eventually found out in our telling of lies. Uh, Take a look at the book of Hebrews. You'll see why this happens. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews 4, there's a truth presented about God in verse 13. The writer says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. That is almost spooky and scary. Okay? That nothing in all creation, which would include my lying, right? is hidden from God's sight. He knows. You can keep your lying from me. You can keep your lying from your spouse. You can keep your lying from any human being. But you can't keep your lying from God. He knows. He knows. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before him. And it's him we give an account to. So it's a hopeless practice to hide our lying. Eventually, we'll be found out because God knows. Um, In the book of Numbers, you have that statement, your sins will find you out just a promise from God. Your sins will find you out. You can't hide your lies forever. Your sins will find you out. And then take a look at Proverbs 19.5. Proverbs 19.5. Solomon says, A false witness will not go unpunished, and whoever pours out lies will not go free. It's a hopeless practice to think you will. There are consequences, and you can't hide it forever. Let me just give you some examples of how that has worked out in people's lives, okay? that telling lies eventually is revealed. The story is about a butcher who had had a, a really good day. And a guy had come in to buy a chicken. And the customer didn't know it, but the butcher knew that He only had one chicken left. So he got that chicken that the customer asked for and put it on the scale. And he said to the customer, looks like it's almost six pounds. The woman said, that's a little too small for what I need. Don't you have anything larger? So the butcher thought fast and he took the chicken he had weighed And he brought it to the refrigerator, paused a moment, 
took out the same chicken, brought it out to the woman and said, well, here's another one. It's 6.5 pounds. And the woman paused for a moment and then said, you know what? I'll take both of them. Busted. Your sins will find you out. Trying to hide the telling of lies is a hopeless practice. Here's another true story. It's about a professor at Duke University. He had told his students that there would be a final exam on Monday. Well, seven or eight of the students decided to party all weekend. And so they partied and got drunk, experienced the hangovers, and they walked into the class on Monday morning. And they told the professor that they had gone somewhere over the weekend, and on the way back, they had had a flat tire. And it took all day Sunday to find another tire. They got back late, and none of them had had the opportunity to, to study for the exam. So could we take it tomorrow? And out of mercy, the professor said yes. You know, the seven or eight of you can um, take the exam tomorrow. So they showed up Tuesday morning. They spent Monday night cramming for the test. On Tuesday morning, they came to class, and the professor handed them each a test booklet. He put them in separate rooms during the test. And when they opened their booklet, they found that there were only two questions on the test. Question number one, it said, worth five points. And it was a really easy question. They were feeling pretty good. Uh, easy question about what they had learned. Then they came to question number two. And it caught them off guard because it said, worth 95 points. And the question simply read, which tire? Busted. Your sins will find you out. Trying to hide our telling of lies is a hopeless practice. Our daughter learned that when she was in high school. She was in high school back when long-distance calls cost extra every call. Okay? Remember that time? And she was very social and liked to talk on the phone. And the rule was, and it was very clear, that if you're going to make long-distance calls, you need to ask our permission. Okay? Well, one month the phone bill came. And on the phone bill was this long list of long-distance calls and how much each one cost and some were long calls. And uh, Janine sent me into her room. 
And she and I sat on the bed and we talked about this. And I gave her this dad speech about, you know, to us, character is more important than than behavior and, and all that, that whole speech, you know, which every good Christian dad should give to his kids. And and I said, um, Allie, have you been making long-distance calls without asking us? And after my great little speech, she said, no. Are you sure? I'm sure. No. And so I took out the phone bill. And I had her read it and see it. This whole list of long-distance calls and what they cost. And so I reminded her again. You know, behavior is one thing. Disobeying us is one thing. I mean, we can address that. But we're moving into character here. Dishonesty. Lying. When the truth is right on this piece of paper. Busted. And she really learned a lesson. But again, trying to hide our telling of lies is a hopeless practice. The Bible says that. God knows. Our sins will find us out. He makes sure it does. And we need to remember that. I'm going to give you a fifth kind of, this is a special bonus this morning, a fifth thing that's true about telling lies. When you tell lies, when I tell lies, we are being just like Satan. That's whose example we're following when we tell lies. How can I say that? John 8, 44. Jesus himself said that Satan is a liar. There is no truth in him. When I tell lies, I'm being like my enemy, Satan. When I tell the truth, guess who I'm being like? Jesus said, I am the way, the what? Truth. It's impossible for God to lie. He's all about truth. And when I am honest and when I tell the truth, I am being like my God. I'm being like Jesus. When I tell lies, I'm being like my enemy. So, integrity matters. Honesty matters. Telling lies is not worth it, friends. It's not worth it. I hope you've learned that. Kids, it's not worth it. Telling lies is not worth it. You will be found out. It's not worth it. And if you are a Christian, if you are a follower of Christ, that's not who you are. <laughs> that's not who you are. That's who you were, the old self. But it's not who you are now in Christ. Be who you are now. Speak truth to one another. That's telling lies. There's also this concept of living lies. And I just want to briefly uh, say some things about that. We not only can tell lies, we can live lies. 
And to live a lie basically is where I make a claim about myself. And yet, it's not true. And I know it. But I make the claim and I go on to pretend that that's me in my actions and whatever around people. Okay? So what I'm doing is I'm living a lie. I'm claiming something about myself that's not true. I know it's not true. And I'm putting on this act to make people think it's true. And basically what I'm doing is living a lie. Now, there are many examples of living lies. I'm just going to mention one. And we'll wrap it up. Some people say this is the biggest one. There are people who claim to be Christians, who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ. And they proceed to put on this act and pretend. They know they're not Christians. They know they've never given their lives to Christ. But they tell everybody that they are Christians and they put on this act and they pretend to be followers of Christ. Because they know what you're supposed to say and they know what you're supposed to do. And basically what they're doing is living a lie, right? Making a claim that's not true and then living in a way where you pretend it's true to fool people and knowingly deceive them. You know what the Bible says about that? In Matthew 15a, Jesus says there's people who say the right things. They worship with their lips, but their heart is far from God. That's living a lie. You make claims with your lips. You say things about yourself with your lips. You even say things about God with your lips. And then you go on to pretend it's true, even though in your heart you're far from God. That's living a lie. Um, in 2 Corinthians, Paul talks about people who masquerade. He uses that word. Interesting, we're getting close to Halloween here. But Paul uses the word. He says there are people who masquerade as servants of God. And they know they're not. But they masquerade. They pretend. They want people to think they are. And so they're living a lie, masquerading, pretending. Take a look at 1 John. 1 John, toward the end of the New Testament, chapter 2. 1 John 2, verse 4. 1 John 2, 4. Whoever says, I know him, referring to God, I know him but does not do what he commands, is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. Verse 6, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. You can make claims that you know the Lord, that you're a Christian, you're a follower of Christ. And you can even pretend, but eventually the truth comes out. It always does, right? The truth comes out. To prove your claim was a lie. 
James chapter 2 says the same thing. You know, you can claim you have faith, but if there's nothing in your life that goes along with that, your claim is a lie. You're living a lie. Hebrews 4.13 again. God knows. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know about you, but I've had people fake me out before. I've had people who have deceived me and I've fallen for it and um, I've been conned, you know. They told me they were followers of Christ, they knew Jesus and they pretended for a while and then later the truth came out and I was shocked <clears throat> as they actually admitted that they had been fooling us. You and I can be fooled. <laughs> you and I can be deceived but not God remember he he knows all things it's all laid bare he knows in fact um, take a look at uh, 2 Timothy 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 19 2 Timothy 2 19 Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription. Here it is. The Lord knows those who are his. If there's anybody here this morning living this lie, claiming to be a Christian, claiming to be a follower of Christ, and just... Knowing it's not true, pretending, and fooling everybody, never forget this statement. And may this statement haunt you. <laughs> okay? I've been here long enough to say that. The statement is the Lord knows. Those who are his. Amen? I get fooled. I've been conned. But not God. He knows those who are his, which means he also knows those who aren't his. He knows those who are living a lie. Now, those who would say this is the biggest lie... I think one of the reasons they call it that is because this is a lie. Living this lie has eternal consequences. Because pretending you're a Christian won't get you to heaven. Pretending you're a Christian and fooling everybody will not give you hope beyond this life. It won't. It's only real salvation. It's only real salvation through Jesus, his forgiveness, his mercy, his grace. As you seek that forgiveness and receive him as your Lord and Savior, that's real salvation. Um, living a lie will not lead you to real salvation. 
And I think maybe some people say that's the biggest lie people can live because it has these eternal consequences. So, um, telling lies, living lies, it's all about integrity, and integrity matters. It matters. It matters to God. It matters to people in your life because they're the ones that are getting hurt by your lies. They're the ones that are being deceived by the living of lies. Um, It just doesn't work. And you will be found out. God will see to it. So, a one another truth, a one another teaching that's in our closet, that's been given us by God, is speak truth to one another. Do not lie to one another. It matters. Integrity does matter. So here's how we're going to close today. We're not going to sing or anything like that. Um, There might be some music playing. But I want to give you a few minutes to spend time answering questions at the bottom of your sheet. So this is one time it's going to be valuable that you have your study sheet. But I want you to spend some quiet moments answering these questions. And answer them honestly. (laughs) We're talking about honesty. Answer them honestly. First question. Am I presently telling lies? Are you actually involved right now in telling a lie or telling lies? What are they? You're not going to tell us. But as you deal with this before God and answer the question, what are those lies? Remind yourself. Who are you telling them to? And then ask yourself the question, what does God want me to do? That's not a hard question to answer. If I'm telling lies right now, and I acknowledge what they are and who I'm telling them to, I know what God wants me to do. You just, before him, need to decide if that's what you want to do. Are you willing to repent of those lies? Are you willing to seek God's forgiveness? Are you willing, even if need be, to go to that person or those persons and acknowledge your dishonesty and ask for their forgiveness because it's been hurting them, it's been deceiving them? It's affected your relationship. But what would God want you to do? Another question Am I living a lie? Specifically, Do I have to acknowledge that I've been pretending I'm a follower of Christ when I'm really not? And I've been knowingly pretending, claiming I am a follower of Christ, and knowingly putting on an act and pretending, deceiving people. Be honest. Ask yourself that question. Am I living a lie? And the next question is, am I willing to repent of this deception and seek God's forgiveness and real salvation? Because telling lies and living lies are not worth it. 
you will be found out. Integrity matters. It, it, it really, it really does. So let's, let's just spend some quiet time. I'm going to have Warren just start playing some music softly so we kind of know when we're going to wrap it up. But um, could you just spend some time and just work through those questions um, and answer them? before God and then do what you need to do before him based on your answers so let's do that and then I'll close in prayer Our Father, we thank you for these moments where each of us could come before you and, and answer important questions. This helps us to respond to what we've thought about, what we've read about this morning. Father, I pray that even in these few minutes, your Holy Spirit has done a work in someone's life. We would praise you for that, Father. If, if your spirit has been leading someone to realize they've been telling lies, they know what the lie is, they know who they've been telling those lies to, oh God, I pray that your spirit has spoken to their hearts and bore witness with their spirit that this is not right, that this is not part of the new self as believers. Father, I pray that you would empower those people to take the right steps that will free them from this, this sin and make things right. And Father, if you have broken through and caused someone to admit they've just been pretending 
They've been living a lie, claiming they know you and love you, and yet they've just been pretending to fool us. Lord, they can fool us. We admit that, but not you. And maybe, God, in the last minutes you've revealed that to them. Father, may they come to you genuinely for real and surrender to you for real salvation. And may you change their lives. Father, you want us to be one another people. We have been learning that and talking about that for years. And this is part of that. May we be people who are honest with each other. May we be people who can be counted on to tell the truth. Keep our promises. May we be dependable people, honest people who speak truth to one another. Help us. We need your help in this. In Jesus' name, amen.